Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. We rolling? We are we're live. We're alive. We are live now, Jim. We are live. We're actually not live. We're live to tape. So it was live while we were doing it, which is now in our world, but to everyone else, this will be on tape. This is a special uh, pregame, postgame edition that is going to have a little bit of Panthers in it, but mostly it's March Madness time. Can I say that? You can say it. We're not being paid for this. So I don't no, think this is we're a not. News, we're not this is a, this can is I a, say Super Bowl? Oops. <laughs> I think he just did. The big game? The big game. The big dance? The big uh, dance. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some brackets. Big March? Can you say big March? Big March. I don't care. <laughs> no one's paying us. They can't sue us. We're not making any money off of this. Uh, so I'm excited about the tournament, though. As, as many people say themselves, to me, it's like my favorite event, all of it. I like the I like the feel of the first opening rounds when everyone's in. It's like, you know, Hickory's playing South Bend Central and all that stuff. And I also like when it gets down to like, okay, that was cute. And there's the occasional... You know, James Madison or Wichita State right. that gets all the way through to the Final Four. Davidson got close one year, of course, with that Elite Eight. Um, but mostly you get down to Duke and Carolina and, and the big boys at the end. So I, I like both of the, the feels of the, the big wide open tournament and also like, all right, let's crown a national champion in a few weeks. Well, and it's fun actually going to the games. And, and mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to, to cover some teams like way, way back in the day as a producer. Um, I covered a nice little run that BC had uh, and they beat – they lost lost their second round game, but they the first round game they beat uh, Bobby Knight in Indiana. Oh, wow. That was down in Orlando. That was yeah. kind of fun. But really, I mean, the, the most. So who was the star of that BC team? Uh, that was like Billy Curley, yep. uh, Donya Abrams, um, Malcolm Huckabee, Howard Isley. I mean, th- those guys were. That was a really good. That's when BC was actually good. Yeah. In basketball, um, way back then, you know, not before the Al Skinner days. That was uh, Jim O'Brien. And uh, you know, and uh, my buddy uh, Paul Biancardi, who's you know Mr. ESPN now, does a lot of basketball and recruiting stuff for ESPN. He was one of the assistant coaches on that team. Very cool. So I've known him for for a long time. But the best time I've had doing a tournament was oh six oh seven. That was Greg Marshall's last year at Winthrop. My first year covering the team, and uh, obviously you know the team had a really good, uh, I would say preseason. Um, you know their non conference schedule. They they went and they had some big wins. Um, and then they went undefeated in the Big South Conference, which nobody's done since. Um, and then they beat Notre Dame as a 13 seed. It was a 13-4 in, in Spokane, and mm-hmm. that was that was the most um, most fun I've had at an NCAA tournament. Just because you know Winthrop had at that time, I, I think that was like their seventh or eighth NCAA appearance, and they hadn't won a game. And the year before, uh, they played Tennessee, Bruce Pearl, Tennessee yeah. at the time. Uh, and Chris Lofton hit a corner three. Everybody in Winthrop says he traveled before he actually got in position to make the shot. Uh, watch the film. You'd be the judge. <laughs> I, I wouldn't disagree with it. But um, So Winthrop lost on a, on a last-second shot, which would have sent them you know, to the second round. And then they finally did, beating uh, Mike Bray. Uh, Luke Harangoti was a freshman, I think, on that mm-hmm. team. And uh, and then just got waxed by a really good Oklahoma or, uh, uh, Oregon team. Um, 
uh, Ernie Kent, uh, Oregon, good team. Yeah, that was good. That was that was fun. But then I've been on the other side of it, and I know we'll talk about this here in a second. But um, when you lose a game, I mean, it's like you, the, the party's. It's like you're being at, you're at a party, everything's going great, and then someone comes in at nine o'clock and says, "All right." Get your stuff and get out of here, because that's what the term is. You, yeah. you go back to the hotel, you pack it up, and you it's go home. It's that quick, yeah. yeah. It's it that, that finality. Is. Yeah, we um, in the last uh, couple years before the Panthers started back in '95, I did two years of Davidson. Uh, back when Bob McKillop was still coaching, believe it or not, he was just in his third and fourth years back then. But they went to the NIT, and then I did UNC Charlotte for a year. Jeff Mullins was a coach. And they uh, were in the old Metro Conference. This was the Jarvis Lang, DeMarco oh, yeah. Johnson team. Uh, Bobby Coomer uh, and those guys. And uh, so 95 NCAA tournament, we're an 8-9 game. We're the first game. We're a noon game in Albany, New York. Right. Back in the field of 64. The metropolis of Albany, right? The, metropolis, the state capital of New yeah, York. Yeah, it is. And we're, like you said, it's the excitement. We're yeah. the first game. I mean, game. it's no Schenectady. No. <laughs> it's no Poughkeepsie. But uh, it's a fairly close game. I think they lose by four or six points in the end to uh, Stanford. And... Um, yeah, it was just that. It just came to a crashing halt, and we were not only the first game, we were the first team out of the NCAA yeah. tournament, and that was a weird feeling. Two o'clock on a Thursday, like oh, that was fun. <laughs> all this build up, like we opened our gifts and we broke them. They're they're all gone, and so that. Um, but yeah, I, I covered the Final Four when I was here back in '94 yeah. in Charlotte. Go back that far, so was there for all of those Final Four games, and that was a great experience. And just last week, I interviewed Derek Wittenberg of the NC State yeah, 83 I saw team that. You did, uh, in Belmont at Nellie's, yeah. and he was doing an appearance there and talked to him about the last shot yeah. pass. And he says, it's a pass. was not a shot. <laughs> it was not an air ball that Thurl That's Bailey right. That's caught right. and threw down. Uh, he goes, it was a pass. And, uh, of course, the Jim Valvano running yeah. around the court in excitement afterwards and all that. So it was cool to visit with him. So I, did, I just love this this time of year. No, it's, it's fun. fun. You no, know, So we did with Winthrop uh, a couple years after that. Uh, Randy Pill was the head coach. Um, and we went back. Actually, it was the second time under Randy Pill. The first time was the year right after um, the Notre Dame win. That was Randy's first year. And we lost to Tony Bennett. He was at Washington State. Right. Uh, but Winthrop played in the play-in game. Um, and uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff beat them and that's almost i wouldn't say worse but it's very similar to what you were talking about with with uh charlotte losing to stanford because in the playing game it, that's almost like an eight nine game i mean you feel like when you're in the playing game you feel like it's a toss-up mm-hmm. and then of course you're the sacrificial lamb to the <laughs> the number one seed and winthrop lost didn't play well um didn't shoot the ball particularly well it's a good defensive team but we didn't really play well uh and um and you almost don't feel like you're in the tournament in the playing game at yeah. least at that time because it's it's I mean, the atmosphere was great. I mean, Dayton, I mean, people come out and they watch, um, you know, teams that they really don't know anything about. And at that time, now with, it's a little bit different now. They do the four games, and you have you two the games that have the uh, yeah the elevens, <laughs> right? Uh, but you but usually those are like the last ones in, or the the mid major teams, right. or the the high major power five teams that really maybe don't. You can make the argument don't belong there, um, but but that's a great experience. The dogs are trying to get in. Hold on. <laughs> Got your bike. Thanks, Jim. Good assist. Oh, you just peed on your floor. I'm sorry about that. No, that's, I'm sorry, that was sorry. me. No, that was you. <laughs> nice. Thank you. That's right. The, the maid will get it. But uh, I was at the <laughs> ACC tournament last no, week. No, I'm oh, kidding. There's I don't a, there is a maid. Uh, last week and uh, saw the Clemson-NC State game. I thought when NC State won that one, that was like enough to get them into the tournament. It turns out they weren't even in the last four left no, out. right. And I get it now. In hindsight, 
when you look at the field that they they lost a lot of games in conference they should have won and they did not play a very rugged out of conference schedule overall so lesson learned i would think for well the turner actually the said that they had in the because you know now instead of the the rpi it's the net and it's the bracket it's the quadrants mm-hmm. and they, they said look nc state had the opportunity uh, and had a, i think they were what three and nine against quadrant one teams so. right I mean, you got to make win. hay when you got to win more. Got to win. Got to win more of those Virginia Tech, Florida State type games. They just didn't do it this year. But uh, I say this about Florida State: I thought Leonard Hamilton should have been ACC Coach of the Year, and oddly, he finished fourth in the voting, yeah. way behind Tony Bennett. And that Florida State team, after a slow one and four start, I mean, they got rolling in conference play. We well, you know Winthrop put them in the tailspin. That's right. <laughs> they, they beat us on uh, on New Year's Day and that's then right. lost like the first three games in conference. That's right. That's but then right. they put it together and had a really good like they late got, January. They got February. going. They yeah. won like thirteen out of fourteen or something. That's a fun team. That. That's a good team. And, and they're so deep I, too. I was not overly shocked that they got all the way to the ACC tournament final right. against uh, Duke. So it's a good team and something to keep an eye on in the tournament too. Yeah, that's a that's a good team. You know, I think what's interesting, ACC gets three out of the the four number ones, but some of the games that just I like to look at some of the interesting games that people maybe not won't be looking at. I, I think a popular upset is going to be LSU and Yale. Now, Yale, you're going to say, all right, they're the 14 seed. Um, they do have four double-figure scores, um, pretty good defensive team. They can shoot the ball. And LSU, they're in that wash right now of the college basketball scandal. Will Wade's been suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would kind of shy away from from those teams. I mean, that, that that's probably an upset that, that has uh, a little bit of interest. I think people are going to sleep on UC Irvine, uh, 30 wins this year. Um, you know, Kansas State, you know, he, you know, here in the East Coast, people aren't, probably aren't as, as aware of Kansas State. That, that's a game that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, Wofford, Seton Hall, that's a, a 7-10. Wofford got a great seat at 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be fun to see them, um, see them make a little bit of a run. But then they have to run into Kentucky. Um, that's going to be an interesting bracket too. I think Carolina has a fairly easy path to the to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know, Buffalo's been a fun team to watch this year. They're they're real interesting. Mm-hmm. I think of the number ones though, and maybe it's, maybe this is a complete East Coast bias. You know, and maybe it's because Gonzaga had that late loss to St. Mary's in the conference tournament. I mean, they're obvi- I think they're still deserving of a number one seed, but I think most people here would think you know. Duke in North Carolina will probably be in their final fours. I think Virginia, you still have to worry about the fact that they are, they are prone to slipping up at some point. I mean, yeah. obviously last year they were the first <laughs> ever to lose early. to a number. Yeah, not that early. Um, so, I mean, I think Duke in North Carolina probably would be in my final four right now. I don't know about Virginia and Gonzaga. I haven't filled out – I'll probably officially fill out my bracket sometime tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not there yet either. Um, so – we, yeah, they. I, I'm always amazed, I guess, because they do it all year, how they just do these ESPN shows and they just have their brackets filled out as they're announcing them, basically. But I think the only thing about Duke is, and I think that they're probably the national champions, is they probably have the toughest test to get them there with the Michigan State team in their bracket because that's basically another number one team. Gonzaga got it, but you could have made it the case that Michigan State uh, just as easily could have been a number one seed. You yeah. just couldn't really drop Gonzaga out of the top yeah. four. Well, and it's interesting, too, though. I mean, if Virginia Tech gets their – now, they did beat Duke, but they didn't have Zion Williamson. So, I mean, Zion healthy completely changes, I think, the complexion of that team. And I, don't, I know some people think that, you know, a, a fourth North Carolina Duke meeting would, um, you know, would maybe be be a popular pick in our brackets in this region. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so, oh, check uh, it if you want to win your bracket, go the other it, way. <laughs> but, no, but seriously, Zoke, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I root for that matchup. Mm-hmm. 
just just because not just because we're in North Carolina, but um, you know the the one game where they didn't have Zion uh, and he you know blew the the sneaker out. I mean, that, to me, that was kind of intriguing, obviously, because Duke after that just they weren't ready. They for weren't it. ready for it. Yeah. They 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 kind of lost their emotional leader. And Zion Williamson, I think he has. He has the it factor, and I don't just mean on the basketball court because obviously he's one of the best players, but he's a guy that's easily likable. I mean, he looks like he's enjoying the game, and yeah. I love the fact that it would have been very easy and you could have easily not faulted him, but the fact that he wanted to play after that, you know, because there are a lot of guys, you know, former NBA players that were saying, hey, man, like protect your future, protect your oh, money, yeah. and you can understand that. Yeah. But this, you know, but Zion was like, hey, man, like I, I want to win, I want to win my friends, and right. there's, there's something to that. I'm glad he's doing it too because yeah, he's got nothing financially to gain, NBA future wise to gain. Right. This is for his brothers, as he said, the brotherhood yeah. of his team, and uh, you know, enjoy the experience. You're only right. going to be there one season, right. anyways. Well, that's why we do the podcast. I mean, we we do it for our for we do our, it for the brotherhood, for the, brother- <laughs> the brotherhood of the podcast. And like the college kids, we're not getting paid. We, we don't even get, <laughs> we don't even get gear and meals. We don't even get, shoes. <laughs> we didn't even get sneakers. <laughs> we get nothing. We didn't get Kyrie Irving's. We didn't no, get we, PG whatever. Paul no, we didn't George, get the Paul whatever. Georges. We yeah, didn't get the LeBrons. We didn't get any of that no, stuff. We hosts. So Nike, if you're out there, we're uh, or Adidas. We're, we're, I mean, we're, we're open to any endorsement opportunities. Skechers. I mean, whoever you know, we're not. We're We've not used shy. all of our college eligibility up, so we're we're free to be. <laughs> be bought so um i think i would love to see north carolina i agree with you about virginia too there's something that i tend to prove otherwise them. i mean they should get by Gardner, and you know Gardner webb uh you know i can speak to Gardner webb just because I've, I've, I've seen them a bunch this year i mean they're david effiani is a really good you know you know low major mid-major point guard uh relentless they have dj laster mm-hmm. it's a good defensive team tim craft um this is sixth season at Gardner webb and he's had a winning record every single year uh, well coached i mean they're I think I think that's probably I'm not a, a a gambling type guy and I don't you know I think it's a little bit too early to look at the I mean it's not it's too early for me to look at the line I know people were looking at the line last night um, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if it's um, if if it's a higher line if it's like a eight or nine or ten plus I mean I, I think Gardner Webb has an opportunity to cover that especially against a, now Virginia scores more than they did last year very defensive minded team but. Uh, I think I think Gardner Webb has the ability to to uh, make that a really close game. Yeah, because Virginia, as you said, is not the kind of team that puts up eighty points a lot. Right. So they're they're going to be right. you know, fewer possessions, which means the margin of error if they're not hitting their shots right. is going to leave you to be able to stay in the game. And Gardner Webb's not going to be they're not going to come in scared in that game mm-hmm. because they have wins over Georgia Tech and Wake Forest. Uh, okay, throw the asterisk out there. I mean, down years for Georgia Tech and Wake Forest. Uh, but that's st- but still from if you're if you're a low mid major, low major or mid major, and you upset a power five team, I don't care what the power five team's record that gives you confidence. Yep. All right. So we haven't done our choices yet. So maybe we come back before the final four and uh, yeah. we, we update. Yeah. <clears throat> Do I get a little Panther news in all the offensive line? But uh, the big signing, of course, was Matt Paradis from the Broncos at center. Great signing. Just I think. plug and play. Yeah. Uh, in the spot of Ryan Khalil, re-signing Daryl Williams at right tackle. You think, unless they're going to look at left tackle, either here or t- Taylor Moten probably gets uh, put over there, uh, with the release of Matt Khalil. So they yeah. bought the bullet on that pill of uh, the big Dave Gettleman signing that flopped a couple years ago uh, of Matt Khalil. So they really did a lot to address the offensive line before we head into the NFL draft. So let's really focus, to me, on edge pass rusher, mm-hmm. things like that. To me, that's by far the, the biggest need. And uh, you know, maybe another safety. Um, you can make a case for that. 
probably another linebacker with the departure of Thomas Davis. But to me, edge rusher is the number one. Edge rusher, yeah, no doubt. Edge rusher is probably number one for me. Number two, I still think you need to get that um, that compliment for Eric Reed at safety. Um, you know, and theoretically, you could still do that in free agency. Um, but what I like about those signings is it, it does give you some flexibility to go after. Um, I know the popular theory is you know best player available. And I think now you're in a position where you can you can do that because uh, sometimes drafting for need just doesn't work out. Like like it's it's so much of a dart. I think you're better off acquiring the best talent that you can acquire. Yeah. Plug them in where you can plug them in, and then um, and then find the holes. I mean, you know, the offensive line is it, it's going to be a spotlight. We've talked about it probably what the last three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. Every year it's going to be the, the big concern coming in. And uh, so I would say Ed Rusher safety probably linebacker and offensive line, and you might be able to jumble that up from two, three, and four. I agree with you. I think pass rush has to be, especially the way that Ron Rivera and, and Marty Herney like to play, Jim, is they're so concentrated on you know good quarterback play and then having that elite offensive pass rush. And that I think that's what they're trying to get back towards. Now I'll be interested to see what the final quarterback room looks like. Obviously, Cam Newton. Right. I think Kyle Allen is intriguing. So the question is, they just re-signed Taylor Heineke. Um, is it, you know, it, it looks like for the moment anyway, without resigning of Taylor Heineke, they're just going to bring back what they had that they like what Heineke and Kyle Allen can do. But that does not mean, you know, if you draft somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody's got to go. Cause right. if you draft somebody, it's gonna be hard to put them on right. a practice squad. Well, and those are low, low risk signings financially, right? I mean, you're not, if you had to release one of those two guys, uh, for instance, if you do draft a quarterback, maybe, you know, second, third, or f- yeah, after releasing Matt Khalil, yeah. <laughs> financially, dough, right? this one's probably not that big of a deal. You know, and I, I think the one thing about the Matt Khalil, um, deal was, uh, you know, obviously he had the first year was, was troubling. Um, he was still coming back from injury. Then he got hurt this past year was never able to get healthy. Uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. I, it, it, he's an easy punching bag, but I just think it's a shame because I don't know if he ever really had the opportunity to get healthy and and give himself a chance mm-hmm. to compete. And you know, and, and I, you know, at some point, look, this is a business, and at some point, you have to turn the corner and um, and bite the bite the bullet on a on a decision. You know, granted, this was a decision made by the previous administration. Although it would be hilarious if he signed with the Giants. <laughs> 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 it could happen. Yeah. They need help on the They need hog mollies, line. right? Yeah, they need some hog mollies there for sure. But um yeah, I mean he's not been right like the last four years or whatever. His rookie year was good, and he got hurt his second year and he's he's he had ankle and knee issues for a big guy. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, I always thought like would you look at him at right tackle, but they weren't even interested in, in doing no. that here. That was my thought was like maybe just you know, you're always getting the, the speediest rusher at right. that, that other edge that maybe if you put him at right tackle that would work, but you know, not everyone is a right tackle. If you right. played left tackle your entire life, you may not be able to make that adjustment. Well, and I think the interesting little thing will be um, if he gets signed, because you know, I, the I mean, right now his health is the big question mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he didn't able, I think if they could have done anything to put him on the field last year, I think they would have, unless they just said, you know, it's just not going to work and we're moving on. But I think if there was any chance of him getting back to any kind of health, um, I think they would have, you know, given it a shot. Yeah. They now they they you know they sat on that all last season. Yeah. They never activated yeah, him, right? And uh, so they, I mean, they he was never in a position to get back. So it's yeah. unfortunate, but you know that's that's why talent evaluating. There are several jobs where everybody thinks they can do it better than the professionals that are doing it. Um, you know, GM of any sport is one. Coach mm-hmm. of any sport is one. Um, broadcaster, news anchor, reporter, like everybody. Those are jobs where people think 
no matter what, with no with no prior training, they could just step in and be better than people yeah. that have been doing it for years. Yeah, and, but it's but it's a crapshoot. Talent evaluation at any in any sport is a crapshoot. It's not very many people that have an electrician or plumber over. Uh uh-uh, uh no yeah no wrong yeah <laughs> you should all wrong boo yeah you sure you want to sure you want to bend it there I think you want to I think you want to tack it this way. And- that's hilarious. Good deal. All right, so next time we'll chat, we'll we'll do more of this. We'll do uh, we'll, we'll do a final four preview, and we'll update the Panthers and what's going on around the NFL. Uh, next time we get together, and our Charlotte Knights preview. We have the Knights coming up. So. Hey, it's right. Baseball yeah. season's here. That's right. We got ready for your Red Sox and Knights baseball, my Indians. So it's it's that time of year coming up. All right. So till uh, till then. Yeah. Whenever that exact day is, in yeah. a few weeks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.